Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another edition of 18 Minutes with 180 Markets. Friends, we all know that the electronic battery revolution is upon us. It is a structural change in the marketplace. But here at 180 Markets, we're not just looking for those big structural changes alone. We're looking for those companies that have a competitive advantage and that are going to be the leaders within this structural change. And that's why I'm so excited today to welcome Joe Walsh, Managing Director of Lapidico, to 18 Minutes with 180 Markets, because Lapidico has a fully integrated competitive advantage from the mine to the end user. It's an Australian company with high margin potential. And with that introduction, Joe, welcome to 18 Minutes with 180 Markets. Thank you very much, Greg. Good to be here. Great. Hey, Joe, everybody's got a story. Can you just tell us a little bit about your background? Because people back people as much as anything else. Yeah, sure, Greg. So uh, I'm a mining engineer by training. I spent about 10 years in industry, uh, mainly working overseas, uh, started off in South Africa, then West Africa, uh, Eastern Europe, Middle East. Uh, then I went into capital markets and was uh, an analyst with investment banks for a decade. And then I joined a, an ASX listed company called Pan Aust, previously Pan Australian Resources that some of, uh, some of you may remember. Um, it was a fabulous company building exercise. I was general manager corporate development there for 12 years. And we built three new mines in the frontier region of Northern Laos and created a two and a half billion dollar ASX 100 company. So um, uh, the, the team uh, that I pulled together when I joined Lapidico in 2016, one of those Peter Walker, our general manager projects, I'd worked with extensively at Panost. And then Chantal Norgate came on board and uh, as CFO and COSEC, uh, and she's got extensive uh, development company experience. Yeah, and Joe, you know, that experience, as I said, people back people as much as anything else. Certainly you take the box as far as the management goes. Turning to Lapidico itself, can you just tell investors a little bit about the company, give an overview if you don't mind? Sure, Greg. It's, uh, so Lapidico is a lithium uh, development company. Uh, we are differentiated on multiple different levels. Um, so we have our own proprietary process technologies, uh, the main ones being LMAX and LOMAX, and I'll touch on each of those uh, in a minute. Uh, but they allow us to hydrometallurgically process non-traditional lithium minerals, the being the lithium mica and lithium phosphate minerals. So we're operating in a much less contested space for, for feedstock. We're not, we can't process and we're not interested in spodumene, for example. Um, and it means that we've also got a vertically integrated business, as you mentioned. So we've got some uh, small mines that we're looking at redeveloping in Namibia. The, they'll feed ore into a small concentrator. And then it's that mineral concentrate that goes into our proprietary processes in the chemical plant that don't just produce the lithium hydroxide, they'll also produce a range of byproducts, which our spodumene and brine peers just don't enjoy. Yeah, so you not only have lithium, but you also have the potential for fertilizer as well and silica and all these these minerals, correct me if I'm wrong, are all involved in that clean energy space, aren't they? And the ESG space, I should, I should say as well. They've all got very good environmental credentials, absolutely. And also uh, the lithium mica minerals contain cesium and rubidium, which are um, uh, two metals that are on the US government's list of 35 critical minerals. And we, we've got the world's only 
undeveloped reserve of those two critical metals, which really does make, make our technologies uh, unique uh, and provides an ability for us to be able to produce an even broader range of products. Also, as far as timing wise, Lepidigo, you've completed a DFS. Can you just tell us a little bit about the metrics, the financials, and how they stack up? And then maybe we'll get into the, you know, the, the actual processing, if you will. Sure, Greg. So we completed the definitive feasibility study in May last year. It's got very compelling uh, economics associated with it. Uh, we'll be producing around 5,000 tonnes a year of uh, lithium hydroxide. Um, low operating costs, all in sustaining costs, uh, between three and a half and four thousand US dollars a ton, um, and that's after byproduct credits. Capital intensity is very competitive, and we've got an internal rate of return in that study of, of thirty-one percent, and that's ungeared. That's before any debt funding, uh, and the MPV is around two hundred twenty million uh, US dollars. So we've since then, we've been working on permits and approvals. We've got almost all of those in place and we're shovel ready in Namibia. Um, we've also been working on debt finance. We entered into a mandate letter with the US government's International Development Finance Corporation in October last year. And they're evaluating the project for providing debt to the Namibian piece. And then we were in advanced discussions with a number of different commercial lenders for debt for the um, Abu Dhabi part of the project, which is the chemical conversion plant. So um, we've over the course of the last sort of 15 months, we've been going through all of those work streams to be able to try and get to a final investment decision um, in the first quarter of next year. Yeah, so we're going to jump around a little bit, but just let's stay on the financing for a second. You've recently had some news with an off-take agreement with Traxxas. For those viewers that were not familiar with Traxxas and why it's so important, can you just give us a little bit of color about it? Yeah, it's a really important one, this, because Traxxas isn't, I believe, a, a household name, for example, in Australia. But they are arguably one of the world's leading chemical trading companies. They've been trading lithium chemicals as long, if not longer, than any other group out there. They started in 2009. And an awful lot of the, the more traditional household names uh, in the trading space are trying to get into that space now. And it's not easy. It takes a lot of time to develop into it. Initially trading spodumene, then going into uh, the chemicals. Traxxas has a long track record now in this. The agreement that we've entered into is a binding agreement for all of our lithium product. And they're also going to be marketing the cesium. Uh, it, they will take off-spec material, which is a really important component because when you're ramping these new projects up, there is going to be a proportion of off-spec material. Now, if you do a deal with an OEM, an auto manufacturer, they're not going to be able to manage the that off-spec material. So uh, Traxxas has both breadth and depth of relationships across the lithium industry and has those well established for more than a decade. So I believe that they are one of the best, if not the best group to be entering into an offtake transaction with. Hey Joe, going back now towards the actual fully integrated product, your processing plant is in Abu Dhabi. Can you just tell us a little bit why Abu Dhabi and what makes it important from your point of view? Sure. So um, we initially went to Abu Dhabi actually uh, marketing the company. Um, 
looking for investors. And we kept getting asked the same question, have you or would you consider building your chemical plant here? And there's no reason why we shouldn't. So we, we did a back of the envelope exercise and it looked really compelling. Um, Abu Dhabi is the world's largest producer of sulfur. Our largest consumable is sulfuric acid. So being close to an abundant, affordable source of sulfur is helpful. It's got some of the world's cheapest energy. Um, there's also markets there for our bulk byproducts. So there's a construction industry for the silica that you mentioned, but also uh, the Middle East imports about 100,000 tonnes a year of um, SOP fertiliser, largely from Chile, will be the only local producer of around 13,000 tonnes a year. And we're seeing really good demand for that product. product. Yeah, so it's obviously a natural place to be for you. Joe, one of the attractions to us at 180 about Lipidico is also the timing that you're a near-term producer. Can you just maybe take us through the next couple of years? What does it look like from Lipidico's point of view? Yeah, so I think that this, uh, the offtake arrangement with Traxxas that you mentioned has been hugely important for this because it is an essential component for lenders to be able to due diligence. So I mentioned uh, the US government's International Development Finance Corporation. We've been in discussions with them now for close to two years. It takes time to get that kind of debt, but it's arguably the highest quality, lowest cost debt you can get. The only reason why they lend to projects is if they have excellent environmental and social credentials. So it's a huge endorsement in that area. So we, we're well advanced with them. The independent engineer that they employed is very close to finalizing its reports. We're running our pilot plant again, which will allow lenders to do due diligence. So we're targeting the late, the, late in the March quarter to be getting the debt funding pieces together. We're also next quarter likely to be getting further offtake arrangements in place. So there should be plenty of news flow with regard to both funding, the debt funding and, and uh, uh, offtake of our products. And if we can be making a final investment decision um, around that sort of March, April time, we've, we should be coming into production late 2023. There might be a bit of a stretch we might be um, in, into early 24, but you're absolutely correct. There are very few projects that are right on the cusp of being able to transition into development. And remember, this isn't a huge project. So it's not like a lot of these other enormous projects are out there that are going to have long timelines for development. Our timeline for development is relatively compressed. And because the project is of moderate scale at 5,000 tonnes a year, I think we have a much more manageable risk profile than almost any other lithium project out there. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. And not only that, Joe, it also, can you just tell us, is there any room for upside exploration potential? Sure, we've got a large ground position in Namibia, we've got over a 1000 square kilometers. Um, we've done a lot of work this this uh, year, uh, identifying new targets. Uh, obviously, with COVID, it has been tricky to be getting out into the field. But all of that groundwork that the team has done, they're now ready to be getting in the ground and drilling. So we expect to be getting a drill rig onto site in January. 
and aggressively drilling out some of these targets that and they the greenfield targets we know the pegmatites are there we know the lithium minerals are there they just need drilling they've never been drilled before so i think that uh, we're looking at probably a, a lot of activity on on the ground uh, in the first half of this next year yeah and friends that is upside that is not factored into any of the lapidico plans at this point hey joe just turning, you mentioned the word team. Team is so important. Can you just tell us a little bit about your experience building, you know, a from basically nothing to an ASX 100 company? How important is the team and just having the right people in place? So it is critical. And I mentioned scale as well and making sure the projects are manageable. So building a 5,000 ton, having the team in place to build a 5,000 ton a year project is key. But that's then a platform once you've built that operating team that you can leverage on to be able to then build a phase two project or a phase three project. And that's the Lapidico strategy. So the, the mining piece in Namibia is relatively small scale, like we'll only need three dump trucks and one excavator for the first half of the mine life. It's a tiny mine and it's a redevelopment, it's brownfield development. These mines have been uh, mined for different minerals in the last century which all de-risks the project. We're starting to pull the team together now. We will have announcements going out next quarter about key positions being appointed. Uh, but then we'll use that uh, operating platform from phase one, plus the expiration that we just discussed to build the resource base to support phase two. So we absolutely see ourselves as a growth business. And also, I should mention that because we've got our proprietary technologies, we've already sold, sold, uh, sold our first license for those technologies. So in parallel with all of this, we expect to be developing a lithium royalty business as well. That's a, a incredible. And the licensing business, so that is taking your proprietary technology that I assume you have a patent on, and that is effectively selling it out to others to create a stream, a stream of income? Correct. So in December last year, we sold a license package to a UK private company, Cornish Lithium. They paid us four million Canadian dollars for the package. Plus, once they come into uh, operations, there's uh, there's a royalty element to it. They do have a royalty holiday um, initially, but we should be enjoying um, royalties from their gross revenue in the fullness of time. And in certain circumstances, Greg, we're prepared to enter into license agreements with the right groups on the right projects. So as I say, it's, uh, it's another uh, avenue for um, uh, generating value for our shareholders. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And also in addition, it validates your technology process that someone else is willing to pay you for it. So now we have a growth story with validation and that mega upside as well. Hey, Joe, we unfortunately have to keep these interviews short. Can you just give us some closing remarks and also maybe what should we look for uh, you know, over the journey with Lapidico? Okay, well, it's a fascinating journey that we've been on and we really thank our shareholders for the huge support that they've given us over the years. Um, we're right on the cusp now of transitioning this business into development and then into operations. Um, so I think that the journey is going to be getting even more exciting um, next year and the year after as we, we build this unique business. 
thank you for, to our shareholders, I guess, uh, is the message here uh, for your perseverance and support. Great. Joe, thank you very much. Definitely stay in touch. And as you said, this really is a fantastic story. Be well. Thank you very much, Greg. All the best. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching another presentation by 180 Markets. Don't forget, if you want access to thousands of ASX capital raises, head on over to 180markets.com.au, sign up, and get on board for our very next capital raise. Thanks for watching.